It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, I am here with Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys. How's it going, man? It's going great. I'm excited to be on here with you. Usually we have my other half on here doing these, but uh, I thought I'd switch it up and uh, speak to uh, Vikings fans. We, we don't get to, to speak to each other very often as Cowboys and Vikings fans. It feels like a, not, not, despite there being a lot of history between our two teams, they're, they're, we don't see each other as often as it seems like we should. Yeah, been a long time since the 70s, I guess, huh? Yeah, okay, well, I guess for all of us. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess the way that we're going to do this is uh, we'll start out with you just asking me about the Vikings, and I'll kind of explain the Vikings to you and the Cowboys listeners, and then uh, we'll go the reverse, and uh, I'll ask you to explain the Cowboys to all of my beautiful, beautiful Vikings listeners. So uh, hit me, what do you got? Well, first off, uh, I, I watched the uh, the Kansas City Vikings game last uh, Sunday, um, and I, I think you know, as a Cowboys fan, you're you're kind of watching the game to to to, or as a, someone who's watching who's watching a team that they're about to play, you're you're watching to see what kind of offense they have, what kind of defense they have, and then you're you're seeing if there's going to be anybody who could potentially be missing. And I think obviously, when you look at this, to me, the thing that really stuck out is that it looks like Adam Thielen may be. Uh, not available for you guys with with yep. the hamstring injury. And Thielen is such a fantastic receiver for you guys. Um, my, I guess my first question is, if there is no Adam Thielen, what does that mean for the Vikings passing attack? And, and what has that looked like for you guys in the past when you've been missing either Thielen or Diggs, who are both you know, equally adept, it seems like? Yeah, so I I, uh, I watched Monday night against the Giants uh, with the exact same eye, but I yeah. also had money on the Cowboys minus seven, so also was watching Ooh. for that. But um, <laughs> so uh, mybookie.ag, the promo code locked on. Uh, but the <laughs> yeah, so with Diggs and Thielen, when they're both on the field, it's really really difficult to cover both of them because you I mean when you have a team that has just one receiver, and like as a Cowboys fan, you're probably you've seen this before, you know, in the years when they had like Des Bryant, and nobody else. Mm-hmm. Or even go way back to the years when it was like Michael Irvin, and if there was nobody else kind of supplanting him, you could double him, you could bracket him, you could kind of do things to scheme around it. Or if you had a good enough cornerback, like uh, Patriots and Stephon Gilmore is the first one that comes to my mind, you can kind of find ways to scheme around and shut down that one player and then kind of you know make the the opponent beat you with the rest of the offense. But when there's both of them out there, it gets really, really difficult to do that. So th- that's presented a whole bunch of problems, and and it gives... You know, the Vikings have been able to get one-on-one looks with Diggs and or Thielen when they're both on the field with a lot of consistency. You get him one-on-one with a corner and go let him win on a good route. Uh, but without Thielen, there has been... They, the offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski, with the help and advice of Gary Kubiak, who's in an advisory role, uh, they've actually done a pretty good job of getting uh, Diggs, you know, some some decent looks you know, he missed the the Washington game. He got some looks there. He got open a ton against the Chiefs, although Kirk Cousins was having issues with his uh, deep field vision. So he didn't get the targets that you would expect. But he was getting those same one-on-one looks and those deep opportunities. And it's just a matter of the Vikings having to iron out some communication stuff so that we actually hit him. Um, but yeah, no, it makes it like a lot easier to kind of 
account for all the skill players when one of the best ones isn't out there. Yeah, and and when when the off season came and and it looked like uh, you guys were going to get uh, Dalvin Cook back, it was I wasn't exactly sure exactly what this offense was going to look like because uh, you know we had seen we had seen what Cook had been in college and we had seen. Um, you know, some of, of what he could do in the pros, but obviously he hadn't been quite fully unleashed yet. Uh, but I, you, and you mentioned uh, uh, Kubiak and his, him being brought in as kind of a, uh, what is his title, like run game coordinator, or is he just an offensive uh, guru or, or, or hired hand? Whatever it's, uh, it is. it's assistant head coach slash, I think, like offensive advisor or something like that. Love it. I, 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 just a consultant. I love when they fi- when they find special titles for consultants. I think it's always funny. The, the yeah, titles Brad Childress, Red things. Game Analyst. Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've got a, the passing defense coordinator, which is you know that's completely made up. Um, but I, I guess I wanted to get, get into like Dalvin Cook has been amazing this year so far, and, and and really it's it's kind of what a lot of us expected from him coming out of college, uh, and and it kind of finally. You know, it all falling into place, and I guess that was my question: is is this a, a case of it being a new system with Kubiak, who brings in the wide zone system, which obviously has a lot of success with wide, with running backs across the board? Just with with if you're good at it, you're good at it. You you see the bend, you know, bounce reads, and you and you can run it. Is it that? Is it the health? Is it both? What is the secret to the resurgence of Dalvin Cook in this offense? Yeah, so uh, it's a lot of it is Kubiak. And, and, you know, Gary Kubiak has done a great job of getting all of these offensive linemen, some young offensive linemen, some experienced ones and some like much maligned ones on the same page and in the right place all the time. And, you know, sometimes they're asked to do like difficult blocks, like reach blocks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but largely they're in the right place. And you have Dalvin Cook, who I, I have called him the smartest runner in the league. Because he, I mean, if you look at, like, his combine, he isn't the most dynamic athlete in the way of, like, Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's a good athlete. He's a running back. But he isn't Saquon Barkley or even, like, Ezekiel Elliott, where he'll juke somebody out your, you know, the old Adrian Peterson days where he'll jump, jump cut somebody out of their shoes. He's much more of a cerebral runner, I guess. He, he, he makes the right read very often. I mean, he does not misread plays very often. Uh, but he also is really has very tight footwork. And that means, you know, his his feet are very fast and choppy and it makes it really easy for him to employ very subtle changes of direction to like lure defenders to the wrong side of a block. So, you know, if you're if he's running behind an offensive lineman who's blocking a defender, he'll kind of shade one way to get that defender onto that blocker's like shoulder on that side. And then it's pretty easy for him to kind of cut back the other way. And then suddenly the block is better than when it started. And he's really good at helping out his offensive lineman, you know, doing that. And then, of course, he has, you know, that second gear to speed once he gets into the second level. And the speed to the edge has also been phenomenal. The Vikings kind of like live and die on their outside zone. They're like wide zone plays. So depending on how your edge rushers are against that kind of outside zone, that that has like a lot to do with how well you'll be able to kind of defend this run game. But the Vikings have also employed a lot of, like, uh, box tactics, I guess is the the term I'd use, where, I mean, teams are loading the box against them now, right? Because everybody knows that the secret about Dalvin Cook is out. Uh, so they've done a lot of stuff with, like, motion and just kind of little subtleties. And Garrett Bradbury, the first-round center, who's really good at reach blocks, can kind of count in the hat count for both sides, even if the, you know, the defender is on the, the shoulder you don't want him to be on. He can kind of get across the defender's face, get the block, and then suddenly the hat count's better. Um, and 
employing all of that stuff has given the Vikings more favorable looks than you would think. And so the Vikings have actually run into a lot of like eight, seven man boxes mm -hmm. and had more success than you would think because they're kind of like the, the eight man box is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's we, the Cowboys had a similar uh, success improvement when we got Travis Frederick. Uh, and and I yeah being able to ma uh, change that box count on either side by having a center who can cut it in half and, and reach the reach those guys that normally centers can't it really is a huge boon to your run game. Um, I, I feel I feel remiss if if we did all this and we only did one question, but I only had time for one about the incredible Vikings defense. I'm a huge fan. The D is absolutely loaded uh, at, at all three levels of of the defense. Uh, great pass rushers, uh, fantastic linebackers, and, and and two maybe one of the best safety combos in the league right now. Um, but I I feel like watching the team that one area where they have disappointed a little bit at least this season seems to be at their cornerback position. Um, Xavier yep. Rhodes seems to have had uh, a little bit of some issues with with hip injuries as well as well as some uh, just and I and I don't know if that's contributing to his on the field play as well as he's battling through that, but he seems to have uh, been collecting penalties lately. Um, talk to me a little bit about the state of the Vikings uh, cornerback uh, uh, group. Is that a spot that if you weren't a Vikings fan that you would be looking to attack? And if not, where else on this defense is there a hole that the Cowboys should be looking to attack? Yeah, I, I think that, so the corner position has been a huge issue. Yeah, you're dead on there. Um, and, and the issue with Xavier Rhodes specifically, um, which, uh, you know, we've been talking about a ton over on Locked on Vikings, is mm -hmm. mostly mental. I mean, he's in good shape. I don't think he's on the injury report as all, at all. He's healthy. He does kind of have a propensity to, like, limp off the field for a play or two, and some people think that that's, like, him, you know, making an excuse for when he gets beat. But I don't think it's that. I think he just is, like, fragile in terms of soft tissue, but he, then he, you know, walks it off and can play through it. Um, but no, I don't think it's like uh, an injury related thing. I think it's a mental thing. Uh, right now, he's really deep in his own head. He's uh, being coached to play a lot of over top, a lot of, you know, uh, prevent the deep ball kind of coverage. Uh, but he's also left like one on one very often. And he's told to prioritize the deep ball because obviously you don't want to get torched down the field for a big, long touchdown. But teams are kind of uh, latching onto that. And in the last couple of weeks, both teams have actually gotten big completions on him just running a hitch at him. You know, run 10 yards, get him to flip his hips, turn around, have a good curl, and it's a free first down. So that has been an issue that I think, you know, they're, like, coaching-wise and schematically, they're trying to fix. Um, I don't think that Xavier Rhodes is, like, executing his assignments particularly poorly. I think that right now the scheme is putting him in a tough spot. And uh, he isn't being asked to do the same, like, press man, you know, physical uh, you know, use the sideline style cornerback play that he's usually been asked to do. I think he's being asked to do a much more difficult job uh, and and it's not really working out. The other interesting thing is that usually they have Xavier Rhodes shadow, uh, the other team's best receiver. Like they had uh, Rhodes shadow Des Bryant last time these two teams met or, you know, the Julio Jones or whatever on the other team, Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. uh, and he hasn't been doing that this year. They've been playing more sides. So Xavier Rhodes just lines up on the right side, takes whichever wide receiver the offensive coordinator wants to put on him. So if I'm Jason Garrett and, you know, the offensive staff on the Cowboys, yeah, I'm absolutely, you know, asking myself, okay, who runs the best underneath routes? Maybe it's even like Randall Cobb or whatever, uh, you know, or, or maybe it's Gallup. Maybe it is still just Cooper. And I'm going to run those at Xavier Rhodes, try to get him fearing that deep ball and, uh, you know, 
win with some of those intermediate and like underneath routes to get, you know, seven, eight yard chunks all the time. Um, and the other hole that I would probably point to is the interior of the defensive line. Uh, Linval Joseph's a great run stopper, especially in short yardage situations. He's still the same guy that we all kind of know him to be. Um, but Shamar Steffen, who is playing mostly at three technique right now, is kind of like having a second nose tackle there. And they've actually been having some issues generating pressure off the interior without blitzing. The blitz packages are pretty insane. And they've been confusing the crap out of a whole bunch of quarterbacks. So that's still like they've been able to generate plenty of pressure. And of course, Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter are having ungodly seasons, both of them on the edge. They're both having career years right now. So they haven't had trouble generating pressure, period. But it's all coming off the edge. And that's something that you can kind of scheme for, especially if you have a mobile quarterback like Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's 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 really been a lot of as as someone who loves Offensive line and defensive line play, it's been fantastic watching Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffith this year. I mean, I think they have, what is it, 14 sacks between the two of them, something like that? I mean, it's totally ridiculous. Uh, uh, Okay, I think that's it for us uh, on this this side. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, uh, we're going to have some questions from Luke to me about the uh, the Cowboys side of things. So hold on one sec. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Luke, uh, let's let's get to the other side. I know you've got some questions to, uh, to uh, ask me about the Cowboys. I hopefully will provide you with answers, though I'm sure... Uh, nobody on the Cowboys side will like any of my answers because no one ever likes any of my answers, it seems. So <laughs> fire, fire away and let's disappoint a bunch of Cowboys fans. Let's disappoint. I would love to disappoint some Cowboys fans this weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the, the first place I want to talk about is where the Vikings have probably had the biggest issue is on the interior line uh, with Pat Elfline and Garrett Bradbury and pass protection and specifically with like penetrating three technique defensive tackles. Guys like mm-hmm. Grady Jarrett, Chris Jones got the better of them last week. Uh, Kenny Clark had a huge game. So who is that guy on the Cowboys and how do you feel about the season that he's had so far? Well, it's definitely Malik Collins is the guy, uh, and I've felt like as a pass rusher, he's had a pretty good season. And and, and if if you're concerned about specifically uh, pass rushing, penetrating three technique, then then 
you know, uh, th- that could be a concern for you guys. The, the issue for him has been maintaining his run fits. So uh, there might be some way for you guys to exploit him in the wide zone game, um, you know, just b- because he can't, he does tend to get blocked if, if he, once he is blocked. Um, so uh, there is light at the end of the table there. Uh, but if it gets into a passing game, you know, they have Malik Collins, and then you know we just unleashed this last uh, last last night uh, Michael Bennett, who who got uh, came over in the trade, and he definitely will be playing a lot of uh, three technique. Uh, yeah, they do kind of a NASCAR package, which includes uh, uh, you know Bennett, uh, uh, Malik Collins in the middle, and then with. Uh, Quinn and Lawrence on the outside. Uh, it, it, it's it, it seemed to be pretty formidable last night at different points. They will also at times put someone like Bennett on the outside with Quinn and knock Demarcus Lawrence in as a three technique, which again would would probably fall under the category of something to watch out for as far as penetrating in, interior defenders. Um, generally, it, you know. Rod Marinelli likes to rotate these guys uh, not only in snaps but in spots. So he'll move people up and down the lines. They'll, they'll, you'll see a whole bunch of stunts, twists, games. That's that's a big part of their game. They don't like to blitz a lot uh, because they are pretty good at get at winning one on one battles in the pass rushing game. Uh, so there will be a lot of movement. Uh, and, and so you, I mean, not only are your guys inside going to need to worry about the penetrating three techniques, the Bennett's, the Collins, uh, Lawrence occasionally, but also on top of that, the movement on the outside coming inside from a like a Lawrence, a Quinn, those guys twisting and, and TE stunts and even pirate stunts coming all the way around. Uh, so lots of movement up front. Uh, that's real scary. De- De- Demarcus Lawrence versus Pat Elfline is not a matchup that I would like to see very often. Yeah, um, I, I understand. He's 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 a pretty bad matchup for most for most offensive tackles. It seems like. Yeah. Um, so on the back end of the Cowboys defense, um, you know how I, I guess I don't have a lot of familiarity with that that Cowboys back end right now. The Vikings are using a lot of shot plays and a lot of flood plays, um, but their arsenal seems kind of they've got a lot of tricks that have worked really really well. But they've been running a lot of the same thing over and over again. So it's like screen rollout shot play. And then, you know, some of the more standard passing fare that you would see, like, mixed in there. But, like, rollout screens and and shot plays with, like, burner concepts, you know, deep posts down the field have been a huge thing. So what kind of scheme do, have the Cowboys been running here? And, like, what's their, like, classic, you know, like, staple shell coverage? And, and how has it been working out? You know, they're, they're a, t- a typical Seattle cover one, cover three team. Um, you know that they'll have. Uh, I mean, that's not all that they'll do, but that's obviously the the majority of their coverages. I would say um, we have we have a good safety in Xavier Woods, who's starting to make a name for himself. He definitely did Monday. Uh, who has you know they he was a huge star in training camp. Uh, kind of had a slow start to the season, but is is starting to really take on that role of of a playmaking safety in the back end. Um, the, the spot that 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 the Cowboys fandom is kind of most concerned with is that other safety that strong safety spot there's a guy named Jeff Heath who's been playing that position for the Cowboys for the last three or four years I think Um, and he's kind of the guy and I'm not sure who the Vikings equivalent of is uh, that is constantly being you know, replaced by Cowboys fandom. I'm basically just, you know, no matter what, it's <laughs> kind of like a public enemy. 
gotta find a way to replace Heath, you know. And and, and the, the Anderson ironic, Dejo, Anderson Dejo. Hey, I heard he just became available. Yeah, well, I guess if they didn't like him the first time when they cut him before he went to the Vikings uh, and got really good, I got Yeah, I I don't know. The Cowboys really blew it with that, frankly, when they let him go in the first place. Um, but <laughs> I, I I think uh, you know likely what's going to happen is that they, they they what they do really like are the guys underneath them. Um, They've got Darian Thompson, who played for the Giants a little uh, for a season, was a starter for them uh, from Boise State. He actually has played very well in limited play for the Cowboys. Uh, there's another kid named Donovan Wilson from Texas A&M that they're really high on that that may get some snaps as well. Uh, but mostly the, you know, the the three main guys. Uh, 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 that you need to uh, that are the playmakers or or the the top end players in the back end of this defense Xavier Woods Byron Jones and then you know uh, Jordan uh, Lewis has really come in and, and taken over that nickel role he's the one who ended up getting that uh, uh, scoop and score at the end uh, and they, yeah he's he's inside he's he's a, he's, a, he's a nickel corner mostly and then they have. Uh, 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 Shadobi Awuze, who plays the other corner. Awuze seems to be the one who gets the most targets because just it doesn't feel like anybody's throwing the ball at Byron Jones very much. Uh, so you'll see Awuze as uh, kind of on the tail end a lot of these passes. He 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 is usually at least very competitive with the ball in the air, so he will challenge the the ball if it's there. Uh, but I think that is the guy who, uh, if if they're trying to get digs isolated on somebody, they definitely don't want to do it on Byron Jones. They're probably going to try to find a way to get it, uh, get him on uh, Awuzier. That's cool the the contested catch thing because like Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill, even though they're both not like huge box out type receivers, have been like two of the best contested catch receivers in the league sure. for the last few years. Um, but let's flip to the other side of the ball real quick while we still have some time. Um, because I, I guess I want to know, um, kind of to what I talked about earlier with the Vikings and, uh, how they aren't having Xavier Rhodes shadowed the same way anymore. You know, we're pretty familiar with like Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott's having an MVP season and, you know, kind of the way that, uh, like that offensive line is regarded. Of course, it's still Travis Frederick and all those guys. Um, but in terms of how you would attack the Vikings if they do continue to play sides, and I'm super fascinated to see if they'll still play sides or if they'll have Rhodes shadow Cooper, but who would you put Cooper on? Xavier Rhodes is a more classic bump-and-run like type corner, uh, whereas Trey Waynes is better at press man, but he is uh, still probably most comfortable going up against like the burner types, you know, the fast, I always call him the Ted Ginn counter. Um, so what would you do with Amari Cooper? How does he line up in the slot? Would you want to get him lined up in the slot against like Mackenzie Alexander or like, how would you, if you were Jason Garrett, use Amari Cooper to try to take advantage of like those kinds of corners? Yeah. I mean, I think that they like to get Cooper moving around, um, and just to kind of see what, you know, what they can get matchup wise. Um, you know, honestly, I, I think there's, uh, there's opportunities for him uh, against Rhodes. I mean, I heard when you were talking about running underneath routes and you know, dig, uh, you know, uh, slants and that sort of thing. I mean, I think that's where both Cooper and Gallup, I think, really ex- excel at that. Uh, I think Gallup at this point is a really good kind of. Uh, I mean, we used to call it the Alvin Harper role, where I mean, uh, you know, the kind of the, the he, you, he goes deep. He's good at down the field. He's also good at 
uh, the short routes that come off of the 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 kind of constraints to the the nine routes, you know, the stop routes, the 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 digs. You know, he's been really good at those too. I I honestly don't know that um, you know that they will uh, specifically try to you know, spend the whole game game planning on or trying to get matchups. I, I think they'll probably just try to put people in position to create space through scheme and not really be concerned about which specific cornerback will be on them. Because I, I do feel like at this point, without Rhodes playing like the way that he has previously in previous seasons, I don't know that there's like a, a specific cornerback that is any better or any worse for the Cowboys to try to match him up with, if that makes sense. I think it's more likely that they'll just try to generally attack the cornerback position, get the ball out of their hands quickly, uh, and see if they can get Cooper or Gallup or you know Cobb the ball uh, on the run and see if they can break tackles and, and make hay that way. Um, I, I just think that you know there's the Cowboys have really good pass protection i think it's going to be a fantastic matchup between y'all's pass rush and our pass blocking but at the same time i don't know that the cowboys want to live or die by having to spend a whole bunch of time in the pocket waiting for plays down the field to develop i think it's much more likely that the cowboys will try their best to uh, attack outside quickly with the quick passing game see if they can get something going that way and see if uh, they can get some of their playmakers to break tackles uh, create big plays that way and then hopefully that will make the defense adjust and then the cowboys will kind of make the defense pick their poison and then go from there yeah, the Vikings are definitely like willing to oblige that kind of strategy. They they have all season preferred to kind of commit to preventing more deep passes and giving up more underneath stuff and kind of, uh, you know, trying to come up and make tackles. And that's how they try to like suffocate you out uh, and just playing a lot of quarters. And then, of course, you know, with the edge pressure coming in, that's worked pretty well. So a lot of teams, you know, that try to be deep passing teams uh, will kind of leave it up to just, you know, what happens at the catch point. Uh, which has been hit or miss. And some teams like the Eagles tried this and they kind of got smoked and, and Washington tried this and they kind of got smoked where, you know, they would just like accept, you know, six yards a pop, but then eventually, you know, you'd get them behind the sticks and they can't rely on that. And then things would kind of fall apart. So it'll all be really interesting. Uh, what do you have for a prediction right now? I think the line is Dallas minus three. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I really don't know. I think it could be a coin flip. I mean, um, th- these are both, two very good teams. I think the Cowboys are what's difficult to know at at this point with the Cowboys is which, which Cowboys are going to show up and win. You know, I think that Cowboys are the, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I think that, you know, with the jets, it was a lot of bad circumstance that they let roll downhill on them with the giants. You know, they had a similar bad start with a lot of things going, going, you know, poorly, but they stuck with it and they let their talent win out. And I think that that's what ended up kind of, it, it all kind of homogenized at the end of, and talent won through at the end of the Giants game. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to have that same luxury with the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are too talented to kind of allow the Cowboys to have a, a slow start and then kind of, uh, you know, try to figure out, figure it out later. Uh, I mean, not, not that they can't win that way, but I, I just think it would be more difficult. 
I think that the Cowboys win, um, but I think it will be. I think that's because they're playing at home, and I think it will still be an incredibly close game all the way to the end. Uh, but I honestly think at this point, these are two talented teams. This this could be a coin flip game. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, in a similar spot where I think that both these teams are good. I still very much believe in the Vikings, although a lot of the uh, the listener base is ready to jump ship because they just lost a game and hey. you know things get pretty apocalyptic. <laughs> hey, um, we just and, won and it. We just won a game and that's, that's how it is. Cowboys is a runaway winner in the NFC East right now. So yeah. that like it's going to be very difficult. It's a road game. It's prime time and we all know the narratives about primetime Kirk Cousins that tend to bear out unfortunately. <laughs> um but you know all those things said, if it is even my default is, you know, pick the home team. Uh, and I don't know if it's quite even. I think I still give Dallas a slight edge on a neutral field. Uh, but with the home field advantage, I still definitely would pick Dallas. I don't think if I if I were to wager, I'd probably wager on Dallas to cover, though I think it's much more of a push at Dallas minus three. Um, but in terms of outright winning the game, like I wouldn't recommend you go bet the, the Vikings money line here. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, I, I mean... I could I feel your pain on the, the the Vikings fans jumping off the bandwagon after a loss. I mean, we've got Cowboys oh, fans. We got Cowboys fans jumping off the bandwagon after we won. So, uh yeah, I I can definitely understand that. It'll be a great game no matter what on Sunday, uh and I'm looking forward to uh, uh two of the better teams in the NFC uh in a in a game that will definitely have playoff consequences battling it out on Sunday night. Should be a fr- a fun primetime battle. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.